Welcome to RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Nick, and this is episode number 178. With me tonight, uh, I have Jesse and Justin. Say hello. What's hello. up? Hello. Hello. What are you boys up to? I am still uh, Just hanging I'm out. I'm still trying to recover from my cold. Sounds as like you it. can probably hear. You're allowed to pass it on. Yeah, I I wish that was the way it went. Uh, you know, it went away, but no. Just Almost pick someone weeks, you want to give it to. <laughs> yeah, cough in their you general direction, <laughs> spit at them. You got to do what you got to do to get rid of that. It's rotten. This is officially the worst cold I've ever had. Ever? I'm pretty sure. That's a that's a wow, dude. Two weeks. With like a headache most days. I mean, you can still hear my voice. It's Back much better than week, it though. was last Friday, but man. Yeah, I worked all this week. I guess we're just, we're smoothly transitioning into my section. I worked all this week. I took a no fly. Oh, yeah. no fly. No fly. And I haven't done that in a while. None. I'll tell you why. I mean, work has been crazy busy lately. Probably the last month has been some <laughs> of the busiest I've ever been at work. It's been long hours, early mornings, late evenings, working, you know, after the family goes to bed instead of actually getting in uh, heli stuff like I tend to do. Still did get some sim time in, but I only got about an hour and 15 minutes in. So I'm up at, I think I'm at 12 hours and 40 or 1245 right now in total. Very respectable total. That is, that's good. It's a respectable total, but this week it fell off pretty drastically. I mean, I've been targeting, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a week. And I just, this week it didn't work out. Partly because, you know, going to work long hours and still being sick you know you get home and now you got to crash and it's not even like you want to you just do so i had a couple of those nights where i got started and just petered out really early and ended up just falling asleep but I, i took a no fly despite the fact that today was my day off and i was all super excited about today It was supposed to be like 70 or 75 and sunny. It turned out to be 70, but cloudy. And it had a breeze on and off, but it was super muggy. You know, that kind of like humid, nasty feel. I don't like that at all. And plus, I just kind of wasn't feeling it. I had gotten the Goblin 380 in earlier in the week. Started working on that. Thursday night and boy it does go together quick 
And my goal was, well, let's let's get it flying for Friday, and I'll spend the whole day flying nothing but the 380 so that I can get it tuned in and pretty much knocked out, ready to go, uh, and then move back over to the 770 and the speed helis. Didn't happen. Uh, ran into a couple of challenges on the 380 build. One major challenge was that Nick called me about five minutes after I opened the box. And we ended up spending like, I don't know how long we were on the, were we on the phone last night, dude? Oh, I didn't know that I, that's like a. No, I was fine with it actually. That's a party foul. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, dude, if I didn't want to talk, I would have said something. It was actually just, you know, we're just, we're doing our thing, shooting the bull, talking heli shit, talking setups, you know, that, that sort of a deal. Um, so I worked my way through the, uh, through the build, ran into a couple of challenges. Challenge number one, my carbon fiber frame sides don't fit the little plastic tray thing. Now, Hmm. I had heard about this on the forums, didn't really look into the details because I didn't figure I'd get stuck with it. Nonetheless, uh, there are these little locating holes, obviously, on the carbon fiber that uh, you bolt the frames onto this plastic base with. And the plastic base is a lot like the, you know, the the Goblin 500 style base plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, has edges that kind of run the the shape of the carbon fiber frame. Yep. So that it all fits together. The back hole uh, overlapped the edges and didn't line up with the insert. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal for me. I busted out Mr. Dremel, chopped the shit out of it, uh, widened the holes with my drill, and I was ready to go. But I was a little surprised by that. Um. The rest of it went together pretty easily. I did have the same challenge that a lot of people have been having on the tail slider, tail pitch slider. Uh, the the tolerances are really tight. And so the shaft has to be sanded. I sanded it with 600, then 800, then 2000. And then I used mother's polish. And then I actually had to hone out the inside of the brass slider because there was a big Mm. hanging burr in there that I couldn't get off with just like a, um, like an exacto knife or something like that. Uh, got that all polished up. Now it's butter smooth. I'd say though, if you don't run into any challenges and if you just sit down and focus and work it from start to finish, the average person could probably have this heli built in about two hours if you've got all of your electronics set up. I, I mean, I had gotten the the servos and the motor earlier in the week, and so I had already gone in, plugged it into the Bavarian Demon, you know, centered all the servos, got all of that set up, the, the servo horns, the motor soldered in, uh, and I was I was ready to basically drop them in and run the wiring. Hmm. That's wow. Nice. That's like way way pre-bench setup. Do you guys not do that? No. Nah. No. Why why is that? Why I mean, <laughs> never I got you no never t- do that, huh? No. Oh, dude, no. that is like a standard thing for me. I mean, it's rare that I have all the electronics 
a week or more before the kit, but before I start the kit, I always set up the electronics first. No. I get the servos Hmm. out on my bench. I use little sticky tape, stick them down onto the, the bench in the orientation of the swash for that model, plug them into the BD, get the BD software up, get the, you know, directions programmed correctly, collective, up, down, aileron, elevator, tail, all of that. Well, okay. And I I just find it easier to do, um, you know, getting the servo horns 90'd and a little bit of sub trim put in when I can sit there and hold the servo in my hands and use a gauge and look at it. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Call me crazy, but I, I just, crazy. Hadn't, I guess I ever considered that. <laughs> yeah. A, and I get I mean, the, I've, I get I, the ESC and the motor put together and check the direction on the motor. So I know it's going the right direction when I install it and plug the wires together. I like to live on the edge on that one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah you yeah. wait, <laughs> you wait until the, uh, the, the spool up. Yeah. The maiden <laughs> crap. And you're like, ah, oh, damn it. I already heat shrinked all of them. <laughs> no, see, I do all that. I do that in the trailer because I'm setting, you know, like the auto rotation bailout, uh, that whole deal. So I find out then. I just plug it all in, but don't heat shrink. Don't suck up the right. heat shrink yet. Yeah, That's I don't interesting. know. I mean, I mean, I can see like doing this. Uh, well, okay. How about this? Here's a little. People say, oh, well, like on the goblins, you got to, you've got to 90 the servo horns before you install the servos, right? You know that I 90 my servo horns without plugging them in? You know that? I didn't know that. Mm -mm. Yeah. You can run the servo through its range and visually see where the endpoints are and keep moving it, you know, tooth by tooth until you get as even of a swing left and right as possible. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I've never I haven't been off. Now, okay, that's on a single arm uh type right. servo. Right. If you have horn. a star or something, it's a lot trickier obviously because yeah, you, you got have more stuff star, to try. Yeah, then you're you're going to end up with it. Well, out. and I, I'm using the the SAB single arms that they make for the 380 it doesn't come with the kit i got them you know as a side upgrade because i didn't want to have to deal with a star and then like chopping the plastic up yeah Mm. but it it went together really well um you know while i was dealing with uh, little bits and pieces there and fussing around with other helis today on my day off uh, i decided that i would customize the the goblin 380 a little bit and make it look like my 770 and speed on the tail case so it comes with black anodized tail mechanics right like the Mm -hmm. the little side aluminum plate and there's a crossbar and all that and by the way this anodized looks really nice it's a shiny deep black i don't know for those people who have been flying goblins for a while you may remember the earlier uh, metal side plates that were black actually almost had like a brown look to them. Yep. You know, it, it wasn't a thick, deep black and it would fade over time. This was solid pitch black. 
what that translated into was that it took me about seven hours to get the dye out of it. <laughs> oh, that is commitment. Committed. That yeah, is, no kidding. Yeah, seven no hours back. and 13 sodium hydroxide cycles. So now they are beautiful and shiny, and I polished them up. Um, it was one of those ones where early on, the first couple of cycles, I was only getting a little bit of color off at a time. And I, I was thinking, do I need to pull the abort on this? Because I don't know if I want to wait like a day to get these done, but I had already gone too far. And so I stuck to it. And it, it looks really nice. It really does. Hmm. <laughs> so I got a question. Yeah. Do you think that the issues that you ran into, like with the frame and the slider, do you think those are like early run issues i sure hope so i you know my guess is these guys are you know it's it's pretty much the most popular pre-ordered heli in history that's what we've heard Mm -hmm. Uh, i can certainly believe it based on how quickly they come in stock and then leave even now two or three months later after the pre-order and so these guys busted ass and they pumped out a lot of parts And as a result, you're always going to run into quality control issues. I would say in the grand scheme of things for a release, a first run release, that's pretty damn good. And and I I don't want to over sensationalize it. Right, guys. For me, this stuff wasn't like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's just like, oh, look, it doesn't fit. Get out the Dremel. Oh, look, the hole's not lined up. Drill the shit out of it. Yeah. I do this on all my helis. So this is like there's not even a second thought in my head. I just go and start cutting. Well, I'm just kind of curious because it I mean, you know, having just put together the 570, that was I mean, the most flawless build I've ever done. How about this, Nick? I've I've built a number of goblins now. This is the first one I've ever had that has had quality control issues. Okay. So okay. I think we'll We'll just, we would, it'd be safe to chalk it up to early run. I think they're just pushing hard and inevitably there's attrition. And it's not anything that's so broken you can't make it work, right? Yeah. It's it's not the end of the world. For a new person, a person that's not experienced or that's putting this heli on a pedestal like, oh my God, it's the legendary 380. That might be disappointing or frustrating or whatever, but... It's it's not a big deal. How uh what do you think of the what do you think of the design in general? I mean, what do you what do you think of it? I think it's awesome. I think they did an absolutely amazing job. They've taken features from all of the different models uh and combined them into one. It is just as they say very low parts count. It has little luxuries, I would call them that you just you wouldn't think of doing because you're not used to seeing it on other helis mm-hmm. and they've put it in and it makes all the difference in the world they've got the locking battery tray which in yeah. and of itself is not innovative per se there are obviously other brands out there that have it they all do it a little differently but the plastic base plate that the whole frame is built off of it mm-hmm. has this little tray underneath and the tray is is below the surface of the carbon fiber 
uh, battery tray that slides in and locks. And it's used for running wires from the ESC back. So the ESC mounts up front under the nose and you run your throttle wire back underneath the battery system. And in this little bathtub tray, it has these little holes at three or four locations across the width. And it's for zip ties. Oh, nice. It's awesome. So the wiring comes out clean. Uh, it's it's really great. They have um, another thing uh, that I think some might appreciate, and that is the, the fly barless mount. You can either mount it directly to the metal back plate, or you can mount your fly barless unit to this little plastic shelf. It's mm-hmm. not the same as the 700s and the, the bigger guys where it's like a carbon fiber plate that's stood off by standoffs. Mm-hmm. This is like a shelf that screws into the base and acts also as um, uh, a holder or a position lock on the nylon nut or screw that holds the tail boom on. And the nice thing about that is it allows you to lift up the fly barless systems that are a little bit bigger so that your servo wires don't bang into the nut or the servo. Oh, gotcha. So, hmm. you know, simple stuff. But very clean. Did very... you get the did you get the battery trace with the connectors built in? I didn't. No? No. No, because I'm pretty standardized as far as connectors go. Anything smaller than a uh, you know, like a three thousand is EC3s, no matter what. Yeah. So that's what this is on. And then anything larger are my that custom bullet setup that I've got with the supras. Hmm. Anyway, the 380 will fly this weekend. Despite the poor weather, I will get out and get it maidened. I'm excited about that. And I did buy. I bought a lot. It was painful. <laughs> but <laughs> So here you go. You ready? Are you are you sitting? Uh, I I am sitting. I bought two 14S flight packs, one for the TDR and one for the Diablo Speed. Like entire, oh, Jesus. As in four 7S packs. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Bend over, baby. You want to guess how much that was? (laughs) No. No. Well, that's got to be... By the time you ship... Eight that small metric ton, yeah, eight hundred seven fifty, about seven fifty or eight hundred. Oh, woo! You're and they're probably the worth about sixty or seventy cycles. Oh, and that makes it even worse. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's a kit, dude. I was hoping that's you was guys gonna were going to be like supportive and be like, "Dude, it's all worth it." But you're pretty much, uh, you know, rubbing it in. Well, no, well the, and Nick and I, we were talking about this, was it a couple of weeks ago, and we're sitting here going, why is it so painful? Like, batteries is one of those things, you know, you use them up and you have to replace them. Uh, why is it so painful to buy them? It's one of those things we should just be used to buying by now, but Dude, it, I it am never gets any easier. Completely, Jesse. <laughs> never gets I any easier. hate buying batteries. I hate it. Yep. Absolutely hate it. That's the worst part about flying 700s. 
is buying batteries. I agree. It's not like with nitro, you can go down if you're feeling a little cheap ski one weekend, you can like, oh, I'll swing by and grab a gallon. Uh, you know, go out, fly all day. Okay, I'm good to go. You know, I'm but space it well, out. it's just it's the impact, right? It nitro's no cheaper. Right? Oh no, it's more it's expensive. More. It's, it's more expensive. But, but you, you buy it a front. gallon at a time. It's not like when you buy your nitro, you are forced Pallet. to purchase enough fuel to get you from engine break in to the first rebuild. Yeah. Right? That yeah. would kind of be like the same. It's yeah. So hey, it had to be done. It is what it is. I'm hoping. I am hoping. That if I am really careful with these packs and maybe even I limit my timer to a little less than they can give me um, uh, with margin. So maybe only 3.85 a cell instead of going to 3.8 or 3.75, which is a good, you know, another 15 to 30 seconds of speed flying. Then I can stretch them out all the way to the end of the season <laughs> and basically they will be my practice packs and then what I'll basically do is buy a new set of packs that are fresh just for the speed cup yeah I think that's a good there plan go. yeah that's a good plan Ugh. man the, yeah, the only thing I don't like buying more than batteries is blades Oh, I'd way rather buy blades. Do than you? Batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, at yep. least you know, in a crash, the battery tends to be okay. Yeah, but it, it, I don't feel like every flight they're dying inside just a little bit each time. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a fair point. <laughs> oh, there goes another cycle. Yeah. Just check the box. I'm getting closer to having to buy more. That's right. <laughs> and, and here we're whining, and you know, we we all came from or from flying nitros. It's like this is nothing. Oh in yeah, comparison to yeah. flying to nitro. Well, oh, yeah, talk about like four dollars a flight with nitro. Four dollars a <laughs> flight. You're you're always a month away from throwing a new ring in there and having something fall off. And yeah. <laughs> and and the thing it is of it is with these is that even though they may only get fifty, sixty, eighty cycles of worthwhile flying on speed, they can still. And when I say worthwhile, I mean flights where I'm getting maximum potential out of them and having the opportunity given whether or not my skill is there is, is another thing completely, but I have the ability out of those packs to get the most out of the power system. Once it goes over that hump that I showed on the OptiPower review, then they start losing their competitiveness. They can still be flown for speed, but they're more like practice packs and you don't beat on them as hard. And then mm -hmm. eventually they just get retired to the, the 770. Well, best of wishes. Yep. We will see. I think that's about everything that I've got this week. When it comes to bind and fly, no one does it better than blade helicopters. Whether you're just starting out and ready to give that first hover a shot, bombing around your backyard, or you're ready to step up from the micro size and into maybe something like the Blade 360, Blade Helicopters will have a size and skill level of heli for you that won't break the bank. 
for all your bind and fly needs. Head on over to www.bladehellies.com to pick the right model for you. Jesse. Sweet. What what you do? What did I do last week? What you do? Well, I got a little bit of flying in, at least. I uh, Last weekend, last Sunday, the weather was... It was actually a pretty nice day out, if I if I remember yeah. correctly. It was pretty sunny. Oh, it got cold at the end, but... it Well, yeah, that's kind of... It's kind of like the Catch-22, right? Because it's, it's hitting most days in the 60s here, but then I'm still going out in the morning and there's ice on my windshield. Yeah. But, dude, so can you still, believe that? Have you been, when was the last time we had a year like this with weather? Oh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. It's good. <laughs> I this keep awesome. wondering when it's going to go away. I mean, you know, this weekend it's supposed to rain. When but it's going to snow or It's supposed to be back to 60s and sunny. Says, yeah. says the guy who was, it was 70 and, and, and muggy. cloudy and muggy. I don't like that. Dude, you know how I am. I don't like high you know temperature. I am. I did 70 high temperature. It's damn Eskimo. March. Yeah, it's March. <laughs> Just wait. No, so yeah. any, anyways, last Sunday was good. I did not I didn't make it out to our normal flying field. Um and I I don't know. For for some reason, I guess I just didn't feel like it. Really, I guess that's what it came down to. So I just grabbed the warp and went over to Kayla's house. And there's this little pit that they got uh, next to their house, and it's about the perfect size for uh, tossing the warp around, you know, working on a little bit of uh, precision stuff on the proficiency program maneuvers. Um, nothing crazy. Got in eight flights there. Just kind of, you know, I have two flight packs or two sets of packs for the warp and just charge them up, walk over there, do a couple flights, walk back, throw them on the charger, and then kind of occupy myself doing something else for 20 minutes or so and just kind of that rotation i do have to say though it, it amazes me how much bigger spaces look before you try to fly in them oh yeah <laughs> dude absolutely you're, you're walking by and you're like you know that that's a pretty good size little area i think i should have no problem tossing the warp around there and doing my normal kind of routine you know you because I would say when I'm flying out at the field, you have the entire field, but I, I typically don't do a ton of big air stuff. I, I generally stay in a fairly small box, I would say. But there's just that perception of, you know, at the field, there is all that area around you. So if you happen to go a little bit outside of the box, not a big deal. It's not like you're going to hit a tree yeah, or yeah. something. But here, it, it really kind of just closes in on you and really makes you feel a little bit you know, kind of claustrophobic when you're flying. So... Just that weird perception of, you know, there should be enough space there, but when you actually go try to fly, take off, try, you know, simple stuff that you've been doing forever, like pyro flips in a tight space, where now you you actually have to keep them in the same kind of vicinity, or you are going to hit something. I'll tell you what, though, Jesse, I think it still is more mental than physical. Oh, because I've done the same thing. Like I've gone and flown in tight spaces with the chase. And they are a lot tighter when it's in the air than when you're driving by thinking of places Mm -hmm. where you could go fly. But then I go out to the main field, the big gigantic field, and I do the same maneuvers. And I mean, you you look at it and clearly you're not doing it any differently. Yeah, (laughs) it's not it's not gotten bigger or any of that. 
I, it's just, yeah. it's all, it's yeah, mental so, and consequence well, based. <laughs> What's funny is I, so I'm flying over here and Kayla walked down there with me and I did a maneuver and got, you know, really close to the, uh, to a tree. At least I, you know, I felt like I got close. And so I was kind of like, Oh, did you see how close I got to that tree? And she's like, ah, you, you, you really weren't all that close. You're <laughs> you actually had quite a bit of space. So, it, you know, it's, it's totally a, a mental thing. You feel like it's, you're, you're super close to it, but. You probably reality, have more room. In you reality, you, you probably got plenty of space. Yeah. You know, being a little conservative. Uh, so this last week, um, I did work on the 7HV just a little bit. Uh, if you'll remember back quite a few shows when Nick was talking about the voltage drop on the mini V-bar. On that, you know, kind of the power bus and how you're experiencing mm-hmm. some voltage drop there. Even when, you know, BEC receiver pack didn't really matter. There's just, it comes down to it, not enough copper sitting in there. Yeah. For the for the servos that we're running in these things nowadays. Now I do want to point out I have I never experienced a single issue in flight in who knows you know fifteen hundred whatever flights. Mm-hmm. I I have not experienced a single issue with the Futaba receiver, That's the seven HV, the servos. I haven't noticed any negative tendencies to drive me to go do this, other than. You know, maybe it can get a little better. Maybe you'll get a little bit uh, more security out of it. Just the fact that you know that's not happening anymore, I guess, brings a little bit of peace of mind. You're going to drive more voltage to your servos under load. They they should hold better, have more torque under load. Yeah. Um, Now, whether that's a noticeable amount or not is to be determined. Yeah. But um, in, in theory, that's... That's what should uh, should happen, especially with the receiver pack. It's not as big of a deal. Yeah. Yep. And so I was only able to jump. So so basically, for those of you that don't know what the fix is, basically what I'm doing is pulling the power from one servo. So un- unplugging one servo from the V bar, getting another little servo connector, and plugging the signal wire into that, and then plugging the signal wire back into the V bar. And then the power leads for the servo are getting plugged into the receiver. And so just kind of alleviating some of that stress on the V-bar and going over and tapping into the receiver. So we'll see. Um, I got that. Got it all going. Not you know, not a huge amount of time. Pretty simple Does fix, Does it turn out really. to be a messy wiring job, Jesse? Because Nick's done it too, and I haven't actually um, seen one of your helis, Nick, lately, so I don't even know what it looks like. Well... It, here's the deal my uh, i mean the all of my helis have had the the e700s all the goblins as you know i'm sitting with a receiver that's about an inch and a half away from the fly barless unit okay so it's it, it's it's lit, it sounds so complicated and even to the point where some of them uh do get really complicated like when you need to power a a phase sensor and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it it's not because you you just pull the power and ground out of the servo connector or the signal wire, peel it back maybe two inches, mm-hmm. and snap yeah. another end on. One wire goes plugs into this, one wire plugs into that. It, it's it's really not a big deal. And then if you even want to get more intricate, like uh, for your Y harness. If you're doing like an EC3 receiver pack setup, yep, and and you you know yep. it wise into your two servo leads, you would take uh, the power in the ground from one of those would plug into the receiver, and then the other one uh, you would 
replace that positive and negative that you took out of the servo connector with this with this power and ground from the Y harness. So it's a little bit of swipping and swapping around, but there's there's no additional wiring, if that makes no. sense. One oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you're that. adding more connectors, but you're not adding particularly more wiring. And when it's all done, no, it's it's not I don't feel that it's messy like at all. And and it's and it's I'm, a redundant power setup. I'm glad it's something that's easy to do and, and it works out and you can basically get rid of the problem that is inherent in the mini V. Yeah. It's yep. just frustrating to me that you even have to do that. Well, I agree. And that's uh, and that's me just being a bitch. But no, I, I, I mean that's fair. I you mean, know, it's a how old shit. is yeah? Hey, exactly. hey, some, sometimes to uh, to fly the best, you got to make sacrifices. Oh jeez, I'm not even going that far. <laughs> wow, I'm not, okay, you are, you're on your own Guess on that you. one because I think it's a stupid design. But uh, you know, we also need to make sure everyone understands that this is this only works for uh, Futaba Espas. Like that's the only way that this or well uh, a single line external receiver how about that with enough ports to fit all of your servos no because you no. don't put all of them over there just one or two just two i mean two is plenty yeah hmm just kind of split it up mm-hmm. interesting now yeah. now disclaimer what i'm about to say is somewhat nerdy and maybe it doesn't make a difference but the first thought that crosses my mind when say. you say that is if we've not scoped it out and looked at exactly what kind of voltage drops we're getting, how do we now not know that the two servos stuck in the mini V are getting less voltage than the two that are running to the receiver? And now you've got differences in torque and response time. Uh, I think that that is fair. Uh, with the quick hip shot, and I have not done the full thorough testing, the quick hip shot um measurements that i took we're in the 0.1 to 0.2 volt difference okay which, so which when we're up at 7.7 to 7.4 volts i'm okay with yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i no, mean that's i agree technically you are 100 percent two percent of the are, total voltage it should yeah, make a big difference no but you are correct you are correct and the the ultimate fix would be all of them. Now I could do that on mine because I'm running the FHSS and it's an eight channel. They only have eight channels. Uh, but like, you know, with the 6203s or yep. uh, that, right, right. Right. that won't work with those. Not and do the whole redundant power and, and huh. you know. That's yeah, you kind of run out of ports. Yep. But it's, it. why but. it doesn't work with Spectrum for those who are like, well, why can't I do it? It's because... Um, as we've mentioned before, the satellites are powered at three volts through a voltage regulator that is internal to the uh, mini V bar. And the voltage drop that you see across the servo bus is also your basically like your feed voltage for your input voltage for that voltage regulator. And when you start doing big dips in that, now this voltage regulator starts fluctuating, and uh, that is where you get your 
brownouts with Spectrum before you would see a brownout with Yeah, but there's the still a workaround. I talked to Brian Phillips about this at OHB last year because he was having some challenges with the Spectrums. Um, I, I think, and I haven't gone and actually looked at DigiKey or Newark for the actual part number, but you can get like an LM style three pin, uh, package linear voltage regulator, uh, there, I mean, you can get them for pennies, right? Because the computer industry uses five volt and 3.3 volt for all sorts of things on the motherboard. Go and get a 3.3 volt and run it off of the main power coming into the yeah. the mini V, or quite frankly, plug it into the receiver since that's, that's where you're putting the power anyway. And then just run your satellite signal into the satellite no port. Huh? There's there no is no. Oh, receiver. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. In that case, there isn't a receiver, but you can still run power off your BEC. You know, run a second yeah. tap off the BEC. It just gets it gets a lot trickier because you don't have. It's a compound problem with Spectrum. A, you're running the satellites at a lower voltage, so there's just less room for air to begin with. I mean, when we're talking powering up an S-Bus receiver at 7.4 volts, and I don't, I haven't done the testing myself, but I believe it's, it's like a 2.7 volts or something like that shutoff around there. So we're we're talking. A lot of voltage in between there. I have room for air before it browns out. Utabas are like 3.5. Yeah. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Um, but when you're powering a satellite with three volts and it browns out at, you know, whatever, uh, I, I do believe it's actually less than that. It, you just don't have as much of a, a margin for error, and then you don't have the receiver to, to share the bus. Sure, but if you run an external regulator off of a second line from the BEC, then you, again, you get rid yeah. of the V-bar in the whole equation. Yeah, not for the servo problem, though. You're just dealing with the, you're just dealing with the satellite, but... You would have to do in a whole additional bus power for bus. The yeah, whole yeah, power yeah. bus. Yeah. You could do then that. You're like, to me, that's again. I mean, this is all <laughs> great, and yes, you can do it, especially if you're a tinker. But damn it, why can't we just have a power bus that doesn't suck? Well, we might. Yeah. How about that? Someone may have been listening. Someone may. <laughs> <laughs> you you mean they happen to look up between the poundings? <laughs> what do you want from us? Right before they get knocked out. Yeah. So anyway, okay, tangent off. Jesse, continue. So yeah, I did that to my V bar. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. No. And then today, um, also a pretty decent day weather wise. Um, I did have to work this morning, so I went in and worked till about two in the afternoon. Um, got off of work and got home. Once again, didn't wasn't super motivated to get myself going and drive all the way out to the field, but what that did mean was lots of flights on the Blade 180. Oh, there you Ooh. go. So, yeah, just basically charging that little battery as fast as I freaking could on my charging case. I did post up a picture on Facebook because it, it looks really funny. Got this huge case sitting there, three chargers, you know, plugged in however many watts of power, and then I'm charging at 1.3 amps on a 3S pack. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, here we go. So, 
yeah, got in about eight flights on the blade. Um, really starting to get uh, comfortable with the flight characteristics and did quite a bit of tinkering in the advanced menu. So going in and you can adjust the PID gain on the head and the PI and D gain on the tail as well. Um, so just spending a lot of time diving into those, seeing the effects of each setting. And, you know, it, it says you're adjusting the P gain on the head, but am I actually seeing what that should do, you know, in flight characteristics when I go in and change the P gain mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, kind of evaluating that kind of stuff. So, and are um, you seeing differences? Yeah. Yep. I, I can say that it from, you know, what I've seen so far, the heli seems tunable um if you're seeing a negative tendency uh, from the experience i've been having um i'm able to go in and kind of work through it and i'm seeing and i'm seeing flight changes from changing the gains so nice kind of leave it at that until the review but um Sweet. yeah which which is great to see because it would kind of suck going into those advanced menus and just pulling your hair out trying to get rid of a little bobble or tail kick or whatever and just nothing happening so that was that was nice to see yeah um so yeah other than that did you ever um, figure out what's uh your tail wag issue with the 7hv no i oh I have yeah not had a, i have not had a chance so you know since i didn't make it out to the field last weekend or the normal flying field um, i haven't had a chance to fly it yet so um, I just had it on the bench this week just to do the V bar and the, the power change. But oh, that's right, V bar. Um, I bet uh, you that may fix it, dude. We'll have to see. I th- I think I might give it, you know, one more try out at the field because it's not like I go out there and it's completely unflyable. It's it's just a little tendency. So you have or have not swapped the V bar? I, I have yet. not swapped the V bar for a different V bar. I'm I'm putting my cards down. Place in my bet. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, I'm confusing myself. This was the one where it was the it was kick. shaking or yep. kicking yep. during hard negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually did a lot of looking into that this week or this week. Uh, yeah, just because I was curious, I'd never heard of that before, and I did find I'd say probably three or four threads, not really recent, right? Probably in the you know the 2012 13 time frame where people were having similar weird symptoms where it was only on one side of the collective and one or two of those threads, they did actually report back instead of just leaving it hanging and said that it was the V bar. And Mm, someone made a comment about um, the sensors in the mini V uh, don't always get fully stuck down or they don't put enough RTV or damping material in there. And so it like shakes around. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. But yeah, and that's definitely, like I said, I think I might go out one more time and try to tune it and then have the V bar on hand because it's just a simple swap and upload um, and then go from there. So if, if the weather tomorrow looks horrible, so I don't want to write it off yet, but the weather's not looking so hot tomorrow. So we'll see about Sunday. Cool, cool. Did you buy, sell, or sim? No, no, and no. Oh, wow. <laughs> right in the junk. That's yeah. bad, man. Yep, yep. I did wow. get some 
some like uh, a PM on a for sale thread that I had uh, because I the, the kind of the last go through I went when I was selling a bunch of stuff I had like a motor a set of servos I just kind of got I got lazy you know I got tired of bumping it it was probably a little bit too high and I just kind of let the post go and so I still have this stuff but like three months later some some guy PMs me about it so hey I guess never give up right on those for sale ads that's right <laughs> so that that sums up my week Just when you thought that the guys at Soko Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original SoCo kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools Next Generation Setup. Well, I got out. I got out and flew while Jesse pushed out and stayed back at home. I went out and flew Sunday and uh, put some flights in on the 570. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So you're saying you like it. Oh my, okay. Complete, like, some of it has beyond exceeded my expectations, and other parts of it completely humbled and dumbfounded what I thought I knew. So, I will start with saying head speed. Yeah, I was wrong. I need to get this thing on a scale, because with those 2,700 packs Mm -hmm. and the 570s, now, you know, I ran, like, my... When I did the 550 conversion on the Outrage, I ran 2,400 RPM, I think, and it was fast. I mean, it was it was quick. It was a hoot to fly, but those were, ah, man, I can't remember what packs those were. Oh, no, that was a single success 5,000. That's right. I did it. I did a success setup. This thing... I mean, I finally quit because I was just hovering, you know, that one flight, I just hovered and did a little bit of pilot proficiency stuff. Well, I actually got like five flights in and started hammering on the packs at 2,300. This thing is a damn rocket, dude. Like, it is awesome. How much pitch? Uh, 13 and a half. And I will probably go down in head speed, believe it or not. How I how was, far do you think? Like fifty, a hundred RPM? Uh I suspect that I'll probably fly it at twenty two most of the time. Twenty two fifty. I mean I might end up at twenty three, but man It I don't sounds know. like two, it might as well two. be a six hundred. <laughs> it's freaking fast. I mean, it is really fast. And I love the disc loading of it. Like it feels 
and maybe this is just why I'm kind of putting all of this together. I need to do a wait and really check the disc loading on it, but it feels very uh, crisp and clean, uh, like the E700s did for me. I mean, it feels light, very snappy, you know, little bit on the floaty side, super responsive. The stops are just, you can fly it completely stupid. I mean, just stupid on the collective and cyclic, and it never bobbles. So that tells me that, again, it's definitely lighter uh, mm-hmm. on the lighter end of it. Yep. But at 2300, flying it really hard, doing a lot of fun, just throwing sticks in the corners and giggling and having a good time, I still get four and a half minutes there. So I'm very happy that I did go with the 27s and not go a little bit heavier. Because if I go down to 2200, um, I feel like I, I'm, a, I'm a solid four and a half minutes, no problem with autos and, and the, whole, the whole works after that. So that was the... Four and a half minutes. I guess that's, that's not good. too bad. No, four and a half to five. Well, it, how about this, Justin? If, it, if I was doing a normal flight routine, I could easily get five. But I set mine up to where I have about 30 seconds extra, no problem. So that if I decide that I'm, because like, you know, one of the things I'm working on in the sim is Pyro TikToks. Well, (laughs) yeah, go out and do a flight of those. Oh, yeah, that's a three and a half minute flight. Exactly. So (laughs) I would, I pretty much am at the point now where I set all of my timers at like four and a half. And then I kind of just know, you know what I mean? Uh, This one, I can only This one, I better do my auto and land. This heli, ah, yeah, I can dink around a little bit more. One of those. But uh, it just completely exceeded all of my expectations. I mean, it it made me feel a little dumb that I wasn't flying as fast as, uh, you know, as fast as I thought that I was, but it was so crisp that it, it was just crazy. I mean, even Rick was out there like, oh, my God. God, that thing is just ripping. So um, it was fun to fly it dumb, but it's it's smooth. I don't have, man, I just don't have, I get, you know, I, I had read through a, a forum post once where people had mentioned they got kind of like a, a tail, not a hum, uh, what was it? A groan, I think was the term. And I And I have heard it. Because I, like I said, I was just, I was flying this thing dumb collective. So loading it extremely hard. And I did hear that tail groan, uh, did a little bit more research. And I think that for the head speed that I'm flying at, I'm going to, I ordered a 21 tooth rear tail pulley instead of the stock 22. Mm. Speed up the tail a little bit. I think it's, it's, it sounds like tail blade stall to me. Like I was just pushing it past the point, and the goblins because the you know the big long hollow boom, when the tail blades stall, they have a it creates this crazy resonance, and it, it's a, I mean it, I don't know it's hard to it's hard to really to describe the sound, but it's a groan, it's a loud sound, and it's just acting like a megaphone. That's my opinion on it anyway. Huh. So hmm. I love it. I, I've, uh, I'm going to have a real hard time deciding, 
you know, which one I like flying more, the 500 or the 570, but I dig that size. It flies way bigger than I thought. I immediately felt, you know, just super comfortable with it. So Were you nervous? No. With all that time and the canopy. Yeah, and you know what's funny? And- <laughs> I didn't fly it with the canopy on. Uh, I mean, God, dude, I got to tell you, I just went out and like the second that I took off and did a couple maneuvers and checked that the tail wasn't going to blow out or do anything weird, I just throttled it <laughs> because it was, I felt like you get that little kid in a candy store. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know, Jesse, you know, because like the warp, you oh, don't, yeah. you just, you just beat on it you pick it up you kind of shake it a little bit yeah, and then you just <laughs> then you just beat the tar out of it because you just go it's for it fun you know now i'm sure that novelty will wear off in the beginning you know after i get past this stage and then it'll settle into being a very good practice heli and and i i foresee it being my in the car heli now to take the work because uh, it it really does fly super big um and I I just love the disc loading on it right now. Um, so I think it'll probably That's cool, be. dude. I'm yeah. glad it's working out. I am. And I've spent some more time, uh, speaking of that, uh, on the bench collecting data on the R2 prototype. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, buffer unit. Mm-hmm. And? Uh, you know, we're we're on track to do the, to complete the review on it. I'm I'm really digging this. Yeah, give us a give us a sneak peek. Teaser. Bad. Oh, way thumbs up. There was only one thing so far. Uh, okay, I take that back. Two things that I wasn't like ooh ah wow about, and uh, one was very easily fixed, and the other is what it is with the uh, with the size of it. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, we're we're talking about 150 farads. Now, have you gotten any feel for? Can you give us a a hint on how much time it's it's giving you? Enough. Okay. How about <laughs> that? That's the hint. That's fair. Uh, that's no that's encouraging. Problem. No problem at all. Ah, uh, so that means I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to put these on the list. Yeah, this is like. Dude, yeah, no problem. No, 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 no problem at all. And that, so what I'm doing is I'm actually using the, uh, now, okay, I will, I will give a little, little hint on that. I think this is best used with telemetry. That's my disclaimer. Which, I mean, that's, I think that's reasonable. But I think that this is the best one if you have telemetry. Awesome. That's my trade-off hmm. right there. Yeah, cuz there's no there's no indication. You wouldn't know. I mean, you wouldn't know if it was on and you had lost your receiver pack or or your BEC or whatever if you didn't have telemetry. Right. Until it died. Yeah. So, that's the bad part. The good part is is that uh you do not have to have fancy telemetry at all. To make this work, I'm setting my, I'm setting my voltage alarm on my rece- on uh, my BEC for like 0.3 volts lower. Yep. And it's within, you know, I I lose power, and I would say 
two to three seconds. It gives you the alarm. The alarm starts going off. Nice. Yeah. So I'm a digging it. So I really look forward to that review. So let's see. Uh, Flew the 570. Sim and baby, I'm back in the game. Oh, yeah. Work slowed down. So I've been simming at lunch at work. And I am up to nine hours right on the money. Nice. Nice. So I'm feeling good getting back into it. I hope to get out and fly tomorrow. And I, I'm, I am officially ready uh, with the five step. We're going to go right out and do some, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Let's see. So I, oh, bought. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I about bought. that. What Did you buy anything? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What's Weird that? How that works. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, let me, Jesse, I'm going to give you an opportunity to guess what Nick may have purchased. Um, I don't, I mean, you got to go big, right? Another heli? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you win. I yes. did. I ordered the, I ordered the second 700 competition. The twin. Damn. That's how I roll. I got to have the twin sevens. That's, that's just, it is forever. The E700s made such an impact on me and kept me flying that uh, I'm, I am a twin 700 kind of guy. They don't need to be fancy or, or you know, I like Man, them. I'm, I'm just sitting here going, why do you need two? I love if, it. If be- one old, why don't you just get one that just keeps flying? Okay. Uh, how's your 7HV flying right now? Got nitro, baby. Well, okay. But I'm in a little bit of a different position. <laughs> I I choose to fly to. And I love it. I really do. That worked for me last year. So I have taken that theme nice. into this year. Yep. I got I got both E seven hundred sold. One person we will reveal soon who that was and i think you guys might get a kick out of that Ooh, yeah <laughs> uh did a little did a little motor swapping obviously got to stick with my the the love of the scorpions and i can run the maxwell motors in whatever i have no problem running those in a in a goblin at all uh but the people who got the airframes were in need so i i i kind of did a little swip swap so I have uh, 45, 25, 520s now to put. Uh, to I put love in that this. motor. It's, you know, it's that I think has turned into like the small block Chevy of the of the 700 class right there. It just. It's just it. It just works, you know. I agree um, that or, you know, it never took off in popularity, but I got to tell you that f- I, the 4526 is just as badass, if not, I don't know, I don't want to call it better, but it's just, it's an accurate 520. I like the the 4525 because it's actually like a 535. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more KV, the better. Yeah, well, for you, yeah. So I bought that. Uh, let's see. What else did I buy? Uh, I ordered and everyone's going to go, are you kidding me? You're nuts. 
I'm I decided not to order two. I ordered one. I ordered a Castle Edge 120. I'm gonna do my my trick with the heat sink and using the the ESC tray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fly one of these on a 120, and just see how it goes. Now this is a little bit heavier than the E700, and I also got um, I ordered some 710 millimeter black lines. So we're gonna see how it goes with a 120 on yeah. 710s. Um, if the cooling works out on the tray, I, I think, think it'll, it'll work. be fine unless you're. Your uh, collective management has begun to <laughs> lack, lacking. Yeah, so we'll we'll see, and then if it all works and everything's happy, I'll go, I'll go ahead and order another one. Sweet dude, yeah, nice. Can nice. I? I I think I know what your answer is on selling this week. Okay, did you sell one of the rooms in your house to a renter <laughs> so that you can afford all of this crap? <laughs> Sold your son. Well, yeah. Sorry, bud. It's been a good run. <laughs> Says the guy who just spent $800 on batteries, but still. Yeah. Well, I had to. You just it, bought two airframes. I just sold two airframes. Not for the price of Not buying for- <laughs> two airframes. Well, got some business that needed handling. I mean, I can't be without the 700s. I'm already starting to crack out because the stupid ass midwest all covered in snow that should my first the first one should have been here by now yep yeah that's but it's not showing up till tuesday now so now that means i'm gonna be building oh my god for like a week straight yep that shows up on tuesday i'll start tuesday you know tuesday wednesday night get it done wouldn't surprise me if the other one shows up thursday um, you know, and I'm not in a hurry to get both of them done, but still, it's just, this is going to be a long, but I got to take a break after this. A, um, <laughs> my wallet's tapped. Yeah. You smash the hell out of the piggy bank with a sledgehammer, dude. There's <laughs> yeah. like, there's we were, nothing left of it. <laughs> we, were, we were scraping the insides out of the pig for that one. <laughs> uh, Your wife yeah. and kid are like eating bread and water yeah. for dinner. So, everyone wants Top Ramen, right? <laughs> Again. Again, yeah. Uh, Chicken flavor this this time, though. Yeah, which is weird, because it still all tastes the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to take it. I'm down to, I got to get some more batteries. So, everything else is going to have to stop. I am dying to get the triple-bladed head. I am. Oh, dude. I haven't. Oh. This is like, I'm excited. Like, I feel like the nerd in me is really tweaking out about this. Like, screw different fly barless system right now. Not interested at all. I am ready to dive into, not just to fly it and go, ooh, it's cool or not, but I want to dive into the whole thing. I mean, the okay. How much reduction in head speed? Do I still get the same this? What's my, you know, what do I have to watch my amperage now with this? This is such an exciting, exciting new uh, aspect to the hobby. You know, we're having a little bit of a debate 
with a buddy of ours, Sean Hempel, on Facebook, and he's like, oh, so now it's three, and then it'll be four and five, and, you know. Uh, I was reading that one. I did not post, though. <laughs> and so he's like, it doesn't make sense to me. A third blade is going to be, you know, out of inefficiencies, and, and, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I hear you, but all the reports from the, from the guys, you know, are from the pros are saying, I, I, won't, I won't go back. You know, I've heard that straight out of Kyle Stacy's mouth. I will not go back. Like, he converted every heli that he had that he could get a triple blade head for. And I know that's not his style. He would convert one or two so that he represented the product properly. You know what I mean? But when these guys come to competing, they fly what they want. I mean, obviously within reason. But you know what I mean. So... I just, and I don't know, seems like everyone that's gone over to it, it's like, this is, this is where it's at. Like I'm staying, I'm not going back. So I'm, I'm really excited to jump into that part. I would like to get one for my 770 and a new HPS two for my speed, but that bill will be similarly sized to the battery bill. (laughs) And so not right now. (laughs) That's that's fair. That is fair. Yeah, I think I'm I'm just going to do one and try it, but I'm really nervous. Are you going to do three-blade tail, though? Because you got to go all the way. No, because you don't. Oh, you do? <laughs> Have you heard Kyle's three-bladed yes, tail? Hell I know. <laughs> it sounds like a damn Formula One car. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I mean, I might on one, but... Give it a shot. It... It is known and has been tested. The HPS3 head actually comes with a tail pulley in the kit. So you can run, you can still run 115s, uh, just a two-bladed tail on 115s, and it will work for the HPS3 for the 700. So that's that's my plan. I want to find out if I like the head first. You know, maybe if I got a couple bucks burning a cu- couple bucks, they're not cheap. I mean, no, dude. Fair. The the tail is the one I'm I'm definitely not as excited about because I am hard on tail blades. I mean, I'm constantly blowing up tail blades because of where we fly and what I like to do. So uh, that one makes a lot less sense. And I've heard that, okay, yeah, crisper stops. It changes directions a little bit better. But I'm not not a hard tail reversing super fast stop kind of guy anyway. So I don't think that I would uh, get as much out of that. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Let's see. I think, man. Uh, so yeah, I I got it all. I got fly, I got buy, I got sell. Sim, sim. You got sim. You checked all the boxes this I, week, dude. I'm the package. <laughs> Convince. <laughs> Try to tell that to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these boxes I checked last week. Uh, I, am I am the, the complete package. package. She would say you uh, are an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And then he smack you. Yeah, you're pathetic. <laughs> so Uh-oh. off we go to flying tomorrow, but uh, it, it's a little weird. First Wait, time. are you looking at the same weather I am? No. Yeah, dude. 
It's going to be horrible this weekend. It's, it's a hundred percent chance of rain. <laughs> well, damn it. <laughs> I mean, because it was going to be a little bit weird. Like I was packing up the trailer when I got home, you know, getting it all cleaned up and everything. Because uh, man, when I tear helicopters down to pack them and and sell them, it, it's worse than when I build them. How much of a mess I make. <laughs> and uh, so I was kind of cleaning that up. It's like, uh, oh, oh. I don't have a 700 to fly tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't oh, well. like that. I didn't like that feeling. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one thing if you decide to not take it. Mm-hmm. But they other if you don't got one. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it'll just be hardcore sim catch-up time. Which wouldn't yeah. be, you know, as much as I would like to fly, wouldn't be the end of the world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have rambled on and then some. I think we should do news, dude. We better, because we have some exciting stuff. Or uh, thing. An exciting thing. An exciting thing happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, there are exciting things. Multiple. BK Servo. Brought to you by the legendary Burt Kammerer. BK Servo is proud to present to you its new line of cordless microcyclic and mini tail servos. When you don't want to compromise on performance, but are looking for an affordable, high voltage servo to keep your 360 class heli locked in no matter what you throw at it, look no further than the BK DS3001 HV cyclic servos. Designed specifically to handle the rigors of today's 360 to 380 millimeter models, the BK DS3001 HV High Torque Cyclic Micro Servos will keep you connected. And for amazing tail performance, look no further than the BK DS5005 HV Mini High Speed Tail Servo, which will hold through the worst that you can throw at it. Servo. Coming to a 360-class heli near you. Uh, Jesse, dare you try? Um, Ooh, on the spot. Man, he's got to prepare. I don't, know, I don't know, know if I can get it. You're psyching yourself right, out right. here, man. Come on. All right. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine oh yes. oh he nails it see you had it all along so yeah, let's it's, it's it's really not that hard to remember i'll knock off let's see i'm gonna keep that one that i put up there for the news of the week but someone did a big mirage of news eye up here so I mirage that, the hell that means a lot news dude yeah that's uh what hey justin we came up with a new one what was that it was uh oh um see a mirage is a lot mm-hmm. but if it's if it's uh okay so mirage is kind of like right in the middle right and asphalt mirage is is just a little bit yeah like the mirage that you see on the highway yeah that's mm. just a and little then bit. there's like the crazy ass sahara desert mirage the sahara desert where, like mirage. you yeah. see palm trees and an oasis that's that's a lot that's a, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Okay. So go for it, Justin. Okay. So a couple of quick ones here. They're interesting. 
um, if you follow the Futaba XFC Facebook wall, uh, they post new stuff every few days or weeks on the, the 2015 XFC Extreme Flight Championships. They just announced uh, today the known heli maneuvers for 2015. Now, I'm, I'm going to just read the, uh, the four titles, and if you want to dig into them, we can, but I think you'll get the picture. First <laughs> one is forward rolling loop reversal. Okay. Yeah, don't Pr- got it. Pretty pretty reasonable to to visualize, I think. Next one. Aileron TikTok loop reversal. Yep, skids in to skids out. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. Yeah, that's the most feasible one, I feel. Third one. Pirouetting reversal loops. I feel like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that one's not terrible, is it? Not for them. Jesse, you can't do reversals and pirouetting loops? No, No, dude, that's a once. That's, yeah. (laughs) Once, yeah. I could do one loop pirouetting. Right, pirou, right, pirou, right, pirou, left, pirou, ground. I could do one loop pirouetting one direction, and I'd go to reverse, and I could probably get the first half. And then that that downward section. Yep, that's where the rekit would happen, because I would definitely lose the stir on the down and panic, and pirouette into the ground all okay, the way well, to the ground. <laughs> I hear you. It's tricky, but this last one is still my absolute favorite. It is because it 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 sounds so benign. The flipping auto rotation. Now, Nick, you do all sorts of flipping auto rotations. I've done flipping auto rotations. This one says when at the desired altitude, the pilot hits throttle hold and does one forward flip followed by one backward flip, finishing with a pirouetting flip before <laughs> landing in the marked box on what? the center line. <laughs> yeah. The key points, consistent speed throughout the flips and low altitude pirouetting flip before landing. Smooth really controlled gotta, landing in the box. You got to be really on the deck for that. I last got one. this. Okay, so I would like to see your attempt at this maneuver at a wait till I'm May. there to record it. Well, okay, can we? All right. Um, I don't know if I could get both of the flips in there. I bet you you could get both of the flips. I bet you you'd just be like sweating. But I don't think you could get the pyro We'd flip. We'd be counting in blades the on the pyro no, flip. You'd be counting blades entering the pyro flip. Yeah. Jesse and I would have to be like running around in circles under the heli trying to catch it <laughs> with no danger whatsoever because yeah, the blades would be objects. stopped. The blades are not spinning anymore. It's yeah. now just a 12 pound falling brick. That's awesome. Um, speaking of that, what I do want to do, which is what I thought this was. I I know you remember this video. Jesse, I know you do. Hiroko Ito. Where he does the front flipping auto on the deck. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I it think was the, I have seen that as well. I've seen it, but... It's the one that he came out and we were like, oh my gosh, look at those ninja talks. That's where it all came from. That's oh, where the yeah, name yeah. came from. 
but he does this where he comes in upright, like Mach 10, and pops it and does a complete forward flip and lands on the skids no more than five feet off the ground through the whole flip. So he, hold on. So he starts as an upright auto. Yes. And then he brings it down hot, builds up head speed. Yep. And then does a forward flip. Complete forward flip. I mean, I can kind of visualize it, but I'm not sure why I feel like that should be exciting. Uh, Well, because it's a complete flip. Like when you do a pyro flipping auto uh, on the deck, you always enter it inverted. And then it's really only the last half of the pyro flip. Yeah, you can throw in two or three pyros, but you're still only going from inverted to upright. The amount of energy it takes yeah. to do a complete 360-degree yeah, well, flip. We're not talking about pyro. We're talking flip. Mm-hmm. That well, re- And I watched him land it. He did not have that much left over. And the other thing is you've already done your flare, so you already have your maximum amount of energy that you have to work with. Yeah. Yep. The head speed is maxed out. Yep, that's and true. And now you're do it's not like you're doing your flip on the way down and then your little flare at the end. Yeah. You already have all the head speed you're going it's to gain. Three full collective transitions. Jeez, man. And that's a lot to do in an auto. But it was one of the gnarliest things I've seen, and I feel like I gotta try. I gotta learn how to do it. But it has to be done so freaking low. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, continue on. Okay. Um, let's see. Why don't we do this one next? Because I think it's kind of funny, but cool at the same time. DJI firmware update makes the White House a drone no-fly zone. That's the headline. The White House edition. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, The for those of you who are wondering where Nick got that, there I put in the notes, DJI firmware update, White House edition. All right. Now, I, I think this is actually kind of cool. So DJI, we know DJI is at the forefront of at least what the the general public sees as the commercially available drone market and they've got a lot of innovations they keep pushing uh what happened as a result of the uh phantom 2 that had crashed on the white house lawn a month or two back there was a whole flurry of legal activity companies got smart to it and were thinking about you know how are they going to react as a as an industry that builds and and sells these things well So DJI comes out and says, hey, guess what? We're going to work with, the whole company is going to work with regulators around the world, um, and in particular in the U.S., given how heightened the the scene is for multi-rotors, to determine a way to make the national airspace more safe for drone flight. And what that means is, They've updated their firmware such that if your GPS has sufficient signal and you are within 15 and a half miles radius around the White House and anywhere over it, you will not be able to fly the model. It will simply not arm. 
they're looking in. So this is the first one that they've done this for. But they're actually uh, working on doing this for uh, just general no-fly zones around the world. So airports, if you're within a certain distance of an airport, you're not going to be able to take off. Uh, sensitive institutions, national borders, uh, just really cool stuff. Because if if you remember, the national borders comes from the fact that there was a drone that crashed on the U.S.-Mexico border in January that was loaded with crystal meth. Yeah. They were trying to transport it across the border. Actually, pretty smart idea, right? Well, now they're not going to be able to using a DJI controller. I see so much humor coming from this. You know what it reminds me of? Because let's face it, these things fly. Uh, Flight characteristic-wise, we're talking about like the equivalent of a pack mule, right? And I I just see that's the relationship that I see the pilot (laughs) and the DJI having now is that it's like, come on, let's go. Nope, not going to move. Well, why not? Uh, that's Bangkok. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I can't go there. Come on, just go. No, I can't go there. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this constant battle where guys are going to be all sipping around. <laughs> Stop right wall. in the middle. Of sc- what the yeah. hell? Ah, well, you know, because you're 4.9 miles from this. And guys, it's just going to be, I mean, it, it's, it's cool. I'm glad, whatever, but I think it's funny. Because it's going to cause so many big WTF moments for the pilots. <laughs> it's not even funny. I mean, well, can you imagine that? Setting up at your field where your field is like right on the edge. And <laughs> like, this damn thing will not go off my left shoulder. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's got an attitude problem. You're, you're, you're flying around and the minute it crosses the boundary, it just falls out of the sky. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they kill all the motors. Yeah, yeah. That'd be. can't fly here. Bunk. Oh, come on! No, it could be. I, I agree with you. You know, a lot of humor could come from this. But on the other hand, if this is what it takes to, I guess, please people and allow it to keep moving forward, then I, I can see a lot of good coming. From I think it. it's it's very pragmatic of DJI to have gone down this path because it's simple to do right in the grand scheme of things. And it makes a lot of sense. Well, simple programming wise, maybe. But, dude, database wise. Holy crap. That's a lot of I mean, if you're going to do airports, all the airports, think about how many airports are in the United States and then borders and then, yeah, it, it's you know it's not gonna be just airports. It's gonna be oh well, all it is is GPS coordinates, government buildings, and then this and then that, and it, it's just potential for a and lot then, of glitching. You know, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Okay, continuing with the theme, I've got more to get through, so you just let, let's let's keep moving here. Shut your pie hole. Yeah. Did you guys hear that the FAA has now stated that you're not allowed to put drone videos on YouTube? Ah, there's a caveat to that, though. There is. Uh, So we know that they're illegal for commercial use. All right. But you can do it recreationally. 
there's a guy, a drone hobbyist by the name of Jason Haynes, who posts drone shot videos on uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, YouTube, sorry. He got a legal notice from the FAA recently uh, and has told, the, the FAA has told Haynes that because there are advertisements on use, YouTube, the fact that his drone flights are also on YouTube alongside those advertisements considers the the videos to be a commercial use. And so they're trying to enforce this on him. But aren't they technically correct? He's I, making money off of those videos. Is he? Yeah, because when you... I mean, you it's called monetizing. So you are basically saying, yes, you can put a ad, a 15-second or a 30-second long ad in front of my video that people have to wait to watch, and then you get paid from that. Yep. Because they don't put ads in front of yeah, videos I, with I mean, low... Okay, great, but... I, I, I mean, I hey, just, do I, I think you're it's right. dumb? Yeah, You know but what? You're right, technically, To the letter correct. of the law, I get it, but come on. Well... Mr. Pucci, that's where you live, in the letter yeah, of the you law. You live in the law. You're and right. That is correct. It's true. It's and true. That guy. Yeah. So he would have to just take that off and not make any money off of it. Oh, what a pain. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Final one. This one's sort of more of a joke uh, and a, and a frustration. Do you guys see the new Audi commercial? About the like the invading Amazon delivery drones, I I heard mm-hmm. about it, but I just I it have is no horrible. You need to go watch it. When I saw this, I was infuriated. It's like a it starts out showing a drone in the foreground with a bunch of drones in the background, and the foreground drone is holding a cardboard box. So apparently poking fun at Amazon Mm -hmm. and there are a bunch of people inside a building looking outside at all these drones that are hovering around, apparently waiting for them. I mean, they're everywhere. Thousands of drones of like uh, hexes and quads. And then they all try to make a run for it to their cars so that they can get away. And so when they exit the building, it's kind of like. Uh, you know, a scene from the birds from Alfred Hitchcock, if you know what I'm talking about there, the drones start swooping down and attacking at people and running into windshields and destroying vehicles. And the one dude, he's like cool and calm and confident. And he walks up to his Audi and gets in and just blasts away. That's why I don't watch it. It stuff. was tasteless if you're a hobby. Because we all know that's realistic. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah. Done with the soapbox. I think that is all I've got. I have one. I have the news. Eh, actually, I have two. Uh, one, no link yet because it was just a, kind of a leaked announcement. And then the other one we've got a link to. Uh, the the no link one is that SAB has shown at Rotor Live 
right now that there will be a three-bladed head for the 570. Mr. Stacy is over there flying it as we speak. Nice. Yeah, great. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> I'm so screwed. Like, <laughs> I can't not buy that. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, I don't have any. No. Uh, oh, what do you mean? I've proven such good self-control so far. Yeah. Why You're start good. now? <laughs> yeah. So probably, I guess, what I would consider to be the news of the week. Uh, just as we are talking about the whole V-Bar, the busing. Well, congratulations. There is going to be a V-Bar Neo. Ooh. Yes. And now I'm not going to get super into this. So all the Mikado guys who've been thumbing one out over this ever since they heard and got every detail <laughs> and that, that whole deal. One. We're on like four. <laughs> what? We're we're on the recovery <laughs> and post hospital stay stage now. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, this is called the V Bar Neo. It is uh an all in one unit with a big asterisk there. So the sensors are inside. It will have an uh unlockable uh bailout feature. Unlockable. Will, I, I'm sure it'll be some sort like of You're saying you have to pay for it. That I think again. We're we're doing big, big vaguenesses here until we until we find out a little bit more information. Uh, but it will have a bailout. How about that? It'll have a bailout feature. You can get it in uh, two options for the ma- the base unit, which is one is just the standard unit for use, like uh, you know, like we would plug an S bus into it. The other one has a built-in receiver for use with the V control, uh, which is I think is actually pretty cool that they offered yeah. it both ways. Wouldn't surprise me if they came out just with the V control one, but I I think they would have had a yeah <laughs> they would have had a, a very large oh right. and Dude, you that would have been that would have been the end <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, but okay now this is pretty interesting. Um, and again, we're just kind of hearing about this for the first. We'll find out more details as it goes on. You can buy a separate sensor for this, like a full size. Uh, when you plug it in, the unit automatically detects that a separate sensor is plugged in. It uses those sensors, which is you know m- a more vibration resistant setup, gassers. Uh, you know it. it Yet to be seen if if that is it going to include nitro well, or not. Go ahead, Jesse. Well, well, and it can just be mounted a little bit further away, maybe yeah. in a place that's a little bit more isolated. Absolutely, um, from vibration if, or it might have to do with mounting configurations. Possibly the external one will have more options for you know for mounting yep. directions. Uh, but what's cool is that in the event of a sensor failure it switches back over to the other sensors instantaneously. So, yeah, you, I mean, we're talking like a redundant fly barless system here. Now, here's the deal. I'm, I, I got to say something about this. That feature that you just described there, the redundancy, is actually really cool because it puts an extra net of safety between you and a full failure, right? 
Oh yeah, now, catastrophic. Said, <laughs> I think in general, the the probability of that kind of a failure occurring is fairly low. I mean, they just don't drop like flies out of the air on a regular basis. Any of the fly barless systems. But I, I commend Mikado for going there. Still, the external sensor, I just don't get. I don't get it. I don't. Uh, okay. I don't well, particularly get it either, but I think that they did it right. Like at first I was going, really? We're still here. You guys are still doing this. But right. They give you the option, though. And yeah, they and claim that you. the external sensor, at least their design of external sensor, is less susceptible to vibrations. That's right. And it can be added on at any point in time yeah. to either one of these units. So that's, I mean, that's, how cool is that? Because that's the big problem now. Well, do I go full size or do I go mini? Well, I, I might be able to get away with a mini, but God, ah, screw it. I'll just buy a full size. And, and you don't know. So... Now it's like, dude, run it just like it is. Check your vibration logs. Look at it. If you see to where it's starting to get to the point that you don't feel comfortable, ah, okay, now I'll pick up a sensor, plug it in, and be done with it. I I, I got to tell you, I really like what they did here. I really, really do. I, I like the yep. features. I'm going to assume that they've dealt with the busing issue, and that's you know kind of a big assumption, but... uh. We'll see. We'll get a little, you know, there's only one picture of the unit now. I'm looking at port count. And if these two sideways, yeah, they are. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ports across the top and two laying down flat underneath. That's an adequate yep. port count for redundant um, for redundant power inputs. It looks small, too. It, yeah, Absolutely. I was going to say, Jesse, it looks really I, small by the looks of it, because they've got it sitting next to a blue line style sensor. And I'm assuming they're not changing that sensor. Right. And so if you look at the size comparison, this looks like it's about the size of an icon or a or a beast X or something yeah, like that. all right in there. Yeah. 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 I, I dig it. I love it. I mean, yeah, it looks good. I don't see a negative thing about this um i like that it, it's still they're gonna do it with the whole express and pro option i do believe but uh i don't know i mean they it seems to be like they really listened that's for sure yeah i'll be interested to see price wise where they come in mm -hmm. you know if they kind of drop the current one down or you know stop selling it all together and replace that price level with this one mm -hmm. or if this is going to come in at a whole nother Level. I would think that they would just blow out stock of what they got, you know, quit producing mm -hmm. the ones they have now. Yep. I mean, for sure. So, I don't know. Another cool thing is they have, uh, well, two more cool things. You, They now have the option for uh, metal versions of the V-Control. Because while they, they, they just had that really plasticky look. Now, once I felt them, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Definitely didn't feel like it looked, but for those of you coming from, you know, the nicer, just much nicer looking radios, uh, it's kind of cool that they do have that option now. And then I have not seen any close-up pictures, uh, but Justin, 
you probably your next helicopter was announced. Yes, I haven't seen any pictures either. And, you know, it it bears mentioning that these announcements that we're talking about and you'll see it on the, the news link on uh, the website are coming as a result of Rotor Live, which I guess we can call sort of a sub mini news topic. So Rotor Live's going on right now. Uh, it will have been completed over the weekend by the time you guys hear this. So hopefully this week we'll be hearing a lot of additional new stuff from other people. But these were the three things that Mikado are announcing. The Neo, the new metalized V-Bar control radios, and a new Logo 700. And it doesn't say a lot. All it says is the Logo 700 will be redesigned thoroughly a lightweight and robust molded chassis, a new rotor head, and freshly designed canopies are only a few of the details. Let yourself be surprised. Available fall 2015. Now, there has been a lot of rumor mill on the forums, and in fact, I think it's been confirmed by them uh, unofficially in forum traffic in the past couple of months that this was in works. They are basically coming out with what amounts to a redesigned plastic logo 700 extreme. Uh, now I, I don't know exactly what is motivating them to do this. My guess is that one of the big, I'm not going to call it a complaint because I've never flown it, but in researching it a lot, a big, uh, comment that a lot of people make on the Logo 700 Extreme is that it is very beefy. It's, it's a large ginormous size yeah. and it flies heavy as hell yeah. on 700 blades. And so you really got to put it at 750s to, to get it to a disc loading that a majority of people prefer. So they're going to fix that by going plastic, which I think is awesome because... You guys know the logo 500, 600, 690, the plastic chassis are awesome. They're they're a great design. I can't wait to see what these guys are going to come out with. If and when I do get it, it will be flown as a 750 alongside the Goblin 770, not as a 700. Mm. That's what you say now. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a statement. I like the big ones. I like them big. <laughs> that, my friend, is what she said. <laughs> and with that. Okay. And with that, Jesse, take us out. This week's news was brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Having a trailer full of new helis isn't anything to complain about. But we're still talking about the same old dumb thumbing, triple sow cow, and Charlie Chaplin autoing pilot behind the sticks. Now, I'm not exactly easy on my helis, and when I need parts, I need them fast. This is where Lower Heli comes to the rescue. With a great variety of my personal favorite heli parts and batteries, no matter how bad the crash, I'm sure to be able to get right back in the air to do it all over again. Fly lower at www.lowerheli.com. Okay, I have some cool news. 
And this is Didn't cool. We just news. finish the news. Well, yeah, but this is different kind of oh. news. Oh, okay. Not yeah, that yeah. news. Us news. <laughs> uh, it is that time of year where we have, you know, we have an incredible group of people and companies that support what we do. They believe in us from uh, just a fundamental base level, and um, you know, every now and then there's some new ones that pop up. Uh, you know, others move on, for, you know, for whatever reason, whether they're just going over to the multi-rotor side or it's, you know, just not their thing. But I wanted to do a quick brush up, announce um, a, a new one, and then remind everyone uh, of the other companies that support the show. So uh, new on the block, you guys have heard this name before many times, a uh, huge supporter of all the Northwestern United States fun flies. And the ultimate align homer that I know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, just a really good friend of ours, Ken at Lower Heli. So you guys are going to be hearing a lot more about Lower Heli. Uh, what do they carry? Well, Ken is growing rapidly. They've got Align, KDS, SAB, OptiPower, KDE. Uh, they've got multi-rotor stuff, FPV stuff. This is uh, a cool dude. And, uh, you know, Ken has decided that he would like to support RC Heli Nation for for this coming year. So thank you very much to Ken. We appreciate that. And uh, make sure and go over there. Check out Lower Heli. Um, the guy is fast, fast, fast on his shipping. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. He don't mess around. Like, it, it, that's my, oh, crap, I forgot it. I need it. Order it you know it's going out um so uh we really appreciate that and thank you very much ken so we'll be you'll be hearing more from him and commercials from him uh bert or camera over at bk designs um bert has actually he you know bk designs is the the overall company that is the main distributor for bk servos and Spartan in the United States. So uh, you're going to be hearing more from those. And thanks again, Bert, for uh, continuing to support us for another year. He's also got, you know, he's got something else pretty cool in the works that we, we can't talk about yet. But you will be hearing about that as well. Rev Electrics, uh, Jamie over at Rev Electrics, you know, these these chargers. <laughs> We love them. We absolutely love them. Great company, good product support, and we are very proud to have them uh, have them here, help support them, and have them uh, support us. Progressive. Jeez. I mean, what can we say about Progressive RC? They're like the OGs, man. Oh, yeah. They've been around since day one. They Star kick ass. They support us unconditionally. Dave and Robin over there, the whole team just a great group of guys yeah they are well i mean not only great products but some of the best customer support that you can possibly oh, get yeah. they've dug me out <laughs> dug me out of a couple bad mistakes in the past and, and i just yeah we can't say thanks enough so um yeah thank you to progressive rc and then a good buddy of ours a hilarious guy to hang out with <laughs> 
uh, and just an, I mean, you want to talk about the, just a real dude all the way around. And that's Andy at Soco Heli Tools. So Andy, thank you very much. Uh, I love the piss out of my Soco Heli tool. Uh, one of the first reviews that we, that I did, I think it might've even been the first and, uh, what a cool relationship we built with Andy. Uh, so Andy, thank you very much for supporting us and guys, um, you know, not just Soko, but try, you know, these people are taking a, they're not taking a big risk on us, but they're just standing up to say, we love what you do. So you know, if you're going to spend dollars and it's going to go somewhere, we would really appreciate it if if you could kind of get it, you know, get some of it in these guys' directions and shoot them a note and say thank you. It makes all the difference to the world. We will continue to do this until, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know when to say we'll continue to do we're it. Just we're gonna just going to continue gonna, to do this. We, yeah, we're just going to continue we're doing. That's what we do. Yeah, it's getting bigger. It's getting better. We're growing. We're, you know, we're fine-tuning stuff. Literally, every single day we learn and make things better. And if it's not for these companies, we we simply wouldn't be able to do that. And we love that we get to do this for you guys uh, for free. You know, that that's what makes it cool. And these companies help us do that. Um, so show them some love if you can and, and just say, hey, you know, RCHN rocks or citizen number or, or thanks for supporting RCHN or something in the notes when you check out. And that makes a world of a difference to us. So, again, thank you very much to all of our awesome show sponsors. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual Power Lab 8 charger to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com, bringing charging power to a heli near you. Well, we have gone quite long, but uh, I, I have to get, there's two questions that I have been dying to ask. <laughs> and, and we were, you know, I was going to make this a little bit longer, but we're, we're like I said, we've kind of rambled with the news and what we were doing. So, I'm going to lump it all into one. But if you guys, here's my question to you two. Ooh. If you could take one heli and only have one heli, and if you could take that heli and fly anywhere in the world, where would it be? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's two questions. Yep. Lumped into one. Lumped into one. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. 
Hmm. Oh, yeah. The gears are grinding. Two heli. Er, excuse me. See, now you got Two, me all mixed wow, up. Wow, it just changed. Two questions. <laughs> One heli, but anywhere in the world. See, you when I think to- about flying, I tend not to think about the location. Yeah. So well, that's a, uh, it, should that's we break it up? Interesting. Is it too I much? Would, it. I don't think it's too much. I think I can put a more. I can. I can give a more thoughtful answer on the what is the one heli. Okay, so let's just do I that mean, one first. I don't, so like, what is one heli? If you could only have one helicopter forever, like that was it. And Didn't have meaning to worry. like you could never. You get you could you could keep rebuilding it and yep. doing upgrades and swapping stuff out, but you were stuck with that airframe. That was yep. it. That was are, it. Are we? Are you even talking like brand or just size? Uh, no, this is one helicopter. Year, make, model, VIN number, <laughs> option package, the whole deal. Stamp it. One. Okay, I, I I'm gonna let you think a little bit, Jesse, because I've got I've got an answer, and it's well, I think you'll understand it when I go there. And it doesn't have to be okay. So we can be kind of uh, 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 crappy with our answers, and that it doesn't. You don't have to have owned it yet. You, I think it's okay if you make assumptions. Mm. I think that lessens the strength of your assertion that that is the one heli. The one. That's fine. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's also weight to be had in you just absolutely are dying to have one too. So you'd be willing to risk it. Okay. How about I'm going to give you one that I have owned or do own and, and I know it well and fly it. And then I'm going to give you one that I haven't owned that I still think would fit the bill. Okay. And Jesse, you can do the same. Okay. The one, the one that I have owned or own hands down the goblin speed. Really? Yep. Wow. Because if I could only have one airframe, that is the airframe that I know with the proper set up and tuning and change outs of equipment, I can 3D the hell out of it, and I can also speed fly it. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Okay. None of my other helis fit the bill, in my opinion, in terms of robustness of setup, parts availability, you know, cool factor, all of that. So goblin speed. Now, the one heli that I think I would put in its place based on what I consider to be probably a pretty damn reasonable assumption that it's going to kick some serious ass is the Henselet TDR2, which hasn't been released yet. And I bet you some of you guys are wondering why didn't he say the TDR because you can 3D that and speed it as well. The reason why it didn't come in above the Goblin Speed is because uh, its drivetrain can't handle quite as much power, whereas the Speed really doesn't have that issue. But the TDR2, Jan, is designing to be both a 3D heli and a speed trainer. And so it Mm. would effectively fill that same exact role. Okay. 
All right, I think that's fair. Nice. Jesse. All right, so I don't know. This this is probably going to be way too obvious. But nonetheless, a heli that I have owned that I would choose if I could only have one heli would any guesses? Any guesses? Any guesses? I, I can guess. Go ahead. <laughs> the compass. It would have to be the seven HV. I mean, just coming from, I enjoy flying it, fixing it. You know, it, the reliability has been awesome for me. Um, yeah, no, no complaints. Performance. I mean, I can't break the thing with with my flying ability. So, heck, what do I got to complain about? Um, and I just feel like you know, as far as all around good heli. That would be the one I would choose, but also because, and that's kind of why I asked the question earlier about the, the 700 class, you know, I've, I think we all have just kind of fallen into the larger helis, maybe not all of us 700. I know Justin, you have the 770, but trending towards those larger helis where if we really had to pick one, that's ultimately what we enjoy flying. Now the smaller ones are fun to mess around with and toss around, you know, even on a regular basis, but when you really got to make that decision and choose one, I'm going to tend to go with the the larger heli, and in this case, the 7HV. Mm-hmm. Now, the one heli that I haven't owned, and, and this is kind of odd because not only have I not owned the heli, I also haven't owned the, the class or the size. But since the day it's come out, I've always been intrigued by the Logo 800 Extreme. Mm. Oh, it has yeah. always just been that kind that that heli where that initial I saw the design, I saw how beefy the thing was, and just that overall look, and just went someday, someday when I win the freaking lottery. Because <laughs> yeah. that's about what it's gonna take. Yeah. But no. So, you know, I, I, I feel like that, dude. Absolutely. that would definitely fit the bill. Go for the 800 class. Once again, trending with the larger size. And, man, from what I've read, seen, I, I don't think I could go. You could go wrong. So, Wow. Nice. Okay. So, I'm, there's no question that, it, well, see, mine's a little tricky for what I have owned because... I kind of want half of it what I have owned and half of it what I haven't because the heli that I haven't owned is a different heli. How about that? When I, like, just ease of maintenance, lack of issues, and overall just longevity, it's it's got to be a a 700, a, a Goblin 700. I mean, hands down, because I just, I'm not going to mess with it. But I really want, if like that's going to be the last one, I really want it to be with the triple bladed head, (laughs) even though I haven't flown it. Does that make sense? Ooh, yeah. (laughs) I can see that, but that's it. That could be a risky proposition. I know. And that it is. It's super risky, but I feel like I would kick myself in the ass if I didn't pick that. If because then you'd be the never only. be able to try it again. I just want wandering yeah, for all that time. I know. So I guess that's kind of one of those weird could be. I mean, I saw Kyle's when he put up that black anodized, or, you know, the all blacked out 700 carbon, triple blade head, triple bladed tail. 
that is the first time I've seen a helicopter in a long time that I went, oh, are you kidding me? I have, that mm-hmm. is just beautiful. I love everything about that. So mm-hmm. I think that would have to be it. Now, one I have not owned, but have somewhat got the taste of, I, oh man, I hate to say, I feel like it would be a 770. Oh, really? Yeah. And I know that you go, what? Really? Out of all the, ex- you that's know. That's sort of ho-hum. I wasn't expecting that answer. I really enjoyed, uh, I got an opportunity. We, you know, well, I don't want to dig too far into it. But for a short amount of time, I got to fly a 750 class. And I had a hoot flying that class. I mean, loved it. It was just big, but it was nimble. Uh, It wasn't full-on 800, and I just, oh, man. To auto it was fun. You know, the sound, the blades, the power, and, and cranking it up in head speed, I feel like... I feel like if I could only, yeah, flying a 700 forever wouldn't be bad, but flying a 750 forever would be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know. Well, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that that's why. Um, and I haven't, I haven't owned it, but I've got just enough a taste of that class to know that, man, if, if I could only have one. Oh, I just love it. I hate to crash it cost-wise, but, I mean, I can't even tell you that right now, if they were the same exact cost, I can't tell you that I wouldn't be flying that class over a 700. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really did enjoy it. So now where? Where? I mean, Anywhere this in the is, world. Yeah. Uh, not permanent residence, but it's like, dude, I would kill to go fly there. Just... Just to experience it. I I don't know that that's a tough one because I want to more I I kind of want to take the approach of I would want to fly somewhere where where basically you could fly in seventy to eighty degree weather year round. So let's mark all those locations on a map. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> because That's fair. Well, I'm not talking about like if that's where you were going to go. I'm just talking about like if you could take a heli on a vacation and go fly somewhere. Like, but you could, uh, I mean, you had a, you could go fly anywhere that you wanted. I think it'd be cool to, and I'm sure I, I know, I don't remember what the event was, but Nick, do you remember that video? Like, um, the event on the beach. Oh, you like one of the bastard. first. <laughs> oh, he took that from you, huh? Yes, the, it was the Heli Smackdown. The Heli the Smackdown. It was in Italy. It was in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you yep. butthead, standing oh, right see, there. See, so, I didn't. You were actually thinking an event, Nick? No, no, just the lo- location. No, but that location is awesome. Because I just remember the chills that that video gives you when you're watching it. The music. The the atmosphere, yeah, and 
you know, maybe it's just the beach. I haven't, I haven't flown over water <laughs> yeah. before, so that could make it interesting right there. I, it's funny because I was actually thinking about a location that would allow me to fly over water, too. Maybe just because of the yeah. backdrop. Yeah, I, I have thought about flying over water before and then kind of wised up a little bit. Yeah, that could be a re- <laughs> could take like a, a bad day, that you know, just crashing to like a horrible, horrible day. <laughs> uh, All right. Justin, now that Jesse stole mine. Well, and and he kind of took my concept, too, because I was going to say something over water. I don't know. But how about. I don't I, I just don't. You haven't seen anywhere. OK, I'll go. You go. I'll think I would love. Uh, well, Jesse kind of stole my first one, um, but I would just love an opportunity to fly only in the summer when it is warm but get some sort of setting of the green rolling hills like uh scottish castle england type you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, where you could perch up on one of those hills and fly over kind of down the hill where it's all rolling, rolling green. And maybe, you know, maybe you're flying at a castle. Like you're at one of those old medieval castle type deals, standing off the back porch and just get to fly over that backdrop. It's so beautiful. And it's kind of along the same concept of, I'm going to toot Robert Gorham's horn. He lives in Northern California on the coast. And they have that same rolling hills and the water. And he, oh, it is just so beautiful to see that. So that's my kind of, that's my setting in my pictures up on a hill, but with lots of rolling hills below me and super green and and that kind of short grass, you know, that's everywhere. That's where I would like to. If I could pick one spot, that's where I'd fly. Uh, I want to go to Urcha. No, 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 not Urcha. It would be pretty badass to fly over like one of those gymnastics foam block pits. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, because you could crash into them and nothing would happen. Interesting. I, 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 that's as good as I can come up with, dude, because I'm not going to say like the top of Mount Rainier or Antarctica or anything like that. I would hope you would not say that. Yeah, that would be horrible. Actually, I like the cold, so I'd be good with it. Throw down with some of the penguins, (laughs) right? I feel like the warmer it gets, you start saying you like the cold more, but when we're like right in the middle of winter. Yeah, you hate it. It's like no, oh, no. I don't. Screw I this don't cold. Hate it. it. It brings with it an interesting set of challenges. But I don't like being sweaty and hot and nasty. So I was. I wasn't going to choose like Hawaii, right? Or like, nah. See, I wouldn't want to do Hawaii because I know it's windy. What about like a speed run down the Vegas Strip, dude. That'd be sick. <laughs> right down the friggin' that middle. would be so much fun. Oh yeah! See, now that, we can get really creative. Cool. How cool would it be to go on the Columbia River Gorge and fly oh, off now, the edge? Okay, yeah. 
that yeah. would be sweet. Or and you do know like, what? Some off the edge of the some of the cliffs on um, the Pacific Coast Highway. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, that would be sweet. Yeah, can you imagine the sound of like uh, a 770 doing funnels in the Grand Canyon? Or something like that where you get Over that. the Grand Canyon would be cool, too. But get down and in there a little bit. you can't crash, can you? You can't crash. <laughs> you lose orientation, it just keeps going down and down. But to but get think that, about that sound. You know what else I think would be cool? And I haven't done this yet because I'm just, I'm flat out scared to death. But I really want to do one of those try and fly inside of like a warehouse. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Tarek did that one. Alan Zabo's done that one. Uh, I think Justin Cook just Justin tried. Cook just did one with the Goblin 380. Yeah, yeah, and said he was scared. <laughs> it's one of those things that it looks like you should be able to. Yep, but then you get into there, and it's so freaking loud. It's like, oh my god, we're all gonna die. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Or to go out and throw down at like Safeco Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be cool, too, but I, I think I would like to do, I, I would want to try to fly over the edge of something that allows me more vertical space. I mean, can you imagine ascending on the edge of, like, the gorge or something, uh, or, yeah, Grand Canyon, and doing, like, a a thousand-foot power loop? 500 feet up and 500 feet down. Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be so cool. So, I I don't know. I'm curious to hear. uh, I want to hear from the listeners. I want to hear from the listeners more on the place than the heli. Yeah, I don't care about the heli. Well, I do. I'd like to hear what their helis are, but the place thing caught me off guard. Yeah, because we've seen some yeah, pretty really cool question. pictures. And, I mean, we've got a lot of listeners all over the world. And, you know, Puerto Rico and, and Japan guy. You Japan know? guy, yeah. Japan guy. <laughs> Japan guy's famous. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. You know, we're so... We don't get out much. I mean, let's be honest. But there's a lot of people that listen to the show that uh, that fly that are commercial pilots. I mean, real commercial pilots. And they get to fly all over the place. So uh, tell us. Tell us where's the best place that you've flown at. Yes. I'm curious. Because now I'm just going to find out all the places that I need to go. <laughs> Start making a list. Yeah. Great. Well... We didn't get too much topic because we have big lips and talk too much. But man, the first half of the show is freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just rolling with it. Yeah, it's all good. That's right. Okay, so let's see. Um, I think shortly you guys are going to see we've got some more. Uh, we're going to be doing some restocking of the store, so that's coming up soon. Tech tips, events. Oh, hey, I did want to give a little bit of a shout out uh, to the guys who are putting on the Fun Fly at Fredericksburg Area RC Club. This is the Heli Spring Fling, May 1st to 3rd. 
Um, you can find out more information at fredericksburgrc.com. Looks like a pretty good size event, and they got quite the list of uh, quite the list of people showing up. Actually, looks like a really good. Oh yeah, hmm. Bobby Watts, Ben Storick, Art's gonna be there. Dark, Devin LeBlanc, Matt Bodos, Bodos, Tim High Needle Jones, Tony Whiteside. Hey, my buddy. Travis Reyes is going to be there. There you go. Cool. Yeah. So if you guys are going to be in the Fredericksburg area uh, in May, then this is a, a must-do event. And this one is added to our calendar, which has all the events. And, again, if you have an event, um, send that to Ken at rchelionation.com. He'll get that put up there. Subscribe to the calendar. Then you have all the events on your phone, and you don't even have to go looking for them. And that is cool, because that's how I roll. We should do some emails. You think? Let's do it. Okay, Jesse. You could send me an email to jesse at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook. Cool, Justin. You can send me an email to justin at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook as well. Nice. And you can send me an email at nick at rchelionation.com. Catch me on Facebook. And recently, I went through the forum today. How about that? And did some replying and some chit-chatting. I'm going to put an effort into being there more often. I've been trying to do that, too, but I've failed horribly. I really do need to get back (laughs) to that. Well, I'm going to put the effort in. So say hi, guys, and we'll start hanging out and chatting over there more. Uh, If you guys want to... uh, First off, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for, Dan. You guys are rad. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The support that our listeners yep. have given Dan, you know. Um, he has gotten tons of email and correspondence, all very positive, very supportive. You guys are awesome. Yes, thank you very, very much. Uh, he will be back soon. He's doing really good. Uh, I think he's going to have some really cool, actually, announcements when he comes back. Um, You know, just kind of getting his feet back under him and getting stuff situated at home. But, uh, yes, thank you. There's a thank you from us, as in us, (laughs) the guys who are here on the show right now, for doing that, um, supporting our friend. So we really appreciate that. Uh, store questions, citizen questions, and event questions or inquiries all go to Ken at rchelionation.com. And, man. Don't forget the questions email, dude. Ah, yes. Oh, that's right. Thank you. If you guys have questions and you would like us to talk about them on the show, send that to questions at rchelionation.com. And uh, we'll see if we can't hammer that out for you. I think that's it. Are we all wrapped up? I think so. Cool. Well, this has... I don't even know what episode it is. Dude, 178. It's 178. That's what you said at the beginning. Still? Still. Yep. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, this has been episode number 178. Wow. Total just... Dude, can you believe that we're almost at 200? Since yeah, you paused there, I'm going to jump in and change yeah. the topic. Maybe that's what distracted me. We're almost at 200. We're, and I remember, yeah, it's going fast. Yeah, I don't even, see now I'm just like, 
Mind blown. Well, I think you're just stalling. I am stalling. She forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this show as much as we have enjoyed making it. Thank you. Have a wonderful week, and I'm going to go find something else to stall at. <laughs> Later, guys. Talk to you next week. Take it easy, dudes. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.